Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune into my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Caram. You're listening to Rowan Prant Method, where we talk all things fitness, mindset, well-being, performance, and lifestyle design, so that you can live a high-performance life. On today's episode, we have Christy Renee Obst, who is a holistic health coach and performance specialist. Welcome to the show, Christy. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. All the way from Bali? All the way from Bali, yes. How is the weather? Currently. Actually, um, we are in rainy season, so today it feels a bit like winter, which is kind of nice, to be honest. Okay. Well, I'm in Melbourne, so we're pretty much experiencing that on the day at the moment with our summer. It's pretty much (laughs) raining all the time, and it's ridiculously hard to keep swapping. Yeah, it's a bit of a – it's not too humid in Melbourne, though. Does it get too humid or – I don't know. The weather's keeping me guessing at the moment. I think everyone's in the same boat. We do not know what to expect next with Melbourne's weather right now. It's normally pretty bad, but this summer has been particularly confusing. Well, I'm right there with you here because, (laughs) yeah, it's the exact same. It's raining and storming one second and then, like, sweltering hot, humid the next. So, yeah. How do you feel that impacts on people's emotions? Because I've sort of got a little bit of a running theory that I feel like it sort of causes a lot of ups and downs for people with the weather swapping so much. I don't know about swapping. I think, I mean, it's an it's an interesting topic actually because a lot of people do well in different climates, like even depending on where our ancestry, you know, has come from and things like that. So... I think it could do well depending on who you are. Um, But I don't know about the swapping so much, but definitely like if you're in the cold, wet all the time, I know there's been studies, I mean, don't quote me on any of them, but I know there's been studies that that like definitely affects your mental health being in that kind of colder climate where you're stuck indoors and things like that all the time. So, yeah, I think it comes down to perception as well. Like for me right now when it's like pouring and raining, I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's a change, you know, whereas some people might like that consistency more. So it's an interesting question for sure. Well, it definitely comes down to mindset. So I'd like to open up that door right now. I know you do a bit of work with your clients on mindset. Can you tell me a bit more about it? Yeah, I love I love mindset. I think it is the truly it's like the base um, of everything because like I started in the fitness industry and the moment me personally just going to the gym to get fit like before I even changed my career to get in to you know becoming a, a personal trainer and fitness coach, I noticed personally the most dramatic change in my mindset and my emotional well-being from actually starting to get fit and so when I transitioned to be like I want to do this for other people because this is amazing I knew the mind-body connection before I even really like had studied anything and, and knew about it so the moment I transitioned into becoming a fitness professional like I was already going and studying uh, life coaching and so many different areas like so many books and listening to so many um, studies and teachers in the area of mindset and even like 
uh, Joe Dispenza, you know, like the quantum realm and energy and all of that sort of stuff because that's truly, I believe, where it starts, that metaphysical. Something is comes before the physical. So if we can get back to where that's starting to the root cause, then we have so much more power to heal ourselves from injury, from disease, and then also uh, perform at our best, you know, live the life that we want to live. So mindset is is super powerful and our perception. And, um, yeah, so I love working with my clients with that and I, I work with them through a lot of questioning really, really listening to what they're bringing to me um, there's a lot of intuition involved, I'm not going to lie, but we get to some incredible spaces and have some incredible breakthroughs and awakening and awareness just diving into the mindset and the belief and the perceptions of what is actually creating our reality and what's showing up in our physical body. It's amazing how the mindset literally can shape your reality, as you touched on just then. I had this discussion with someone recently about identifying or changing your identity to be someone that is health conscious or a healthy person that gets to train as opposed to having to train or having to diet or do things that they just simply don't enjoy. And when the mindset changes, everything just flows effortlessly. Totally. Yeah, because there's no resistance. And I think any for anyone, even when you're like a little kid and your parents, like you have to go to bed now, like you get that kind of angsty, like I don't want to do what someone else is telling me to do, you know. So <laughs> the moment you can switch your mind and also another piece, I don't know if you spoke about it with um, before, but like your actual language, the way you actually speak is really powerful. So I love bringing uh, my clients and everyone that comes in to my world really present to the words that they're using because that can be a real powerful kind of tool to work backwards to like, well, what is my mindset? Well, what is my perception? Well, what is my belief? If I'm constantly saying like, oh, my God, this is so hard, like that can make a very great link to like, yeah, what's going on inside of my brain, inside of my mind? So words are powerful they are extremely powerful we had a discussion recently with a psychologist where we were talking about how labeling ourselves with i am depressed or i have this particular mental health condition or whatever it is and it's like a fulfilling prophecy the labels we put on ourselves are so powerful because it literally defines who we are and how we relate to others in the world totally totally agree with that so I know you have a combat sports background. This is something I'm very passionate about. I've been in the combat sports industry myself and you fight MMA, Yay. is that correct? Uh, yeah, MMA, yeah. Fantastic. I started in Muay Thai and then moved to MMA. Yeah, okay. So how does mindset play out in that? That This is a, such an interesting topic. It's huge. Like as, as you know, like with what we have just kind of tapped on there, um, it plays a big part, you know, what words are you using? How, like, how are you using your mindset visualization to help you in the sport? Um, confidence building, like how do you perceive your training session went compared to someone else? Are you beating up on yourself and being like, oh, I didn't do a good enough job and whatnot. Or you like, did a pretty good job today, you know? Um, so it, it, it's huge and it's everything. And I think my career in well fit my whole fitness journey but my career in martial arts has been such a powerful 
like personal development and or spiritual development course for me, honestly. But a big thing that I think a lot of people that are very driven athletes, specifically in the combat area, because it is been like such a tough sport and you do you know we're willful people if you if you play in that arena because you literally put your body through pain um through trauma and you can push yourself to spaces where a lot of people wouldn't do you know they they just wouldn't go there not to say that they can't but they're just like that's crazy why would i why would i put myself through that you know so it's an interesting space because as much as the performance world is like mental toughness, mental toughness, mental toughness, yes, I see the importance of that and I think that's very powerful for the career, the sporting career. But at the same time, if that's not balanced and integrated with like, am I being a little too tough now? That's a very dangerous space. That's a space for like depression, emotional um, issues, injuries, like, so yeah, I think there's a, there's a big shift through the combat world that um, needs to happen where we're becoming like so much more compassionate and consciously aware of, are we being too tough right now? Like, is our mind too strong? And that balance just has to be there. I think that relates to not just the fitness industry, not just the combat sports industry, but to entrepreneurs and career-focused individuals that are trying to, they're focused on grinding because there's such a big hustle culture that we're going through at the moment, particularly in this uh, stage of development. Everyone's focusing on grinding, grinding, grinding all the time, and it's simply unsustainable. I'm big on balancing the uh, support between well-being and performance because I've found that from my background in combat sports, I always overtrained. I always pushed myself to the limit and I always had high expectations of myself, but my performance actually improved when I started prioritizing my well-being. A hundred percent. And yeah, that is huge. And I'm, I'm big on that too. My whole thing is about balance and, and teaching. And like you said, entrepreneurs as well, entrepreneurs, athletes, these people that we've been, we've been brought up in a society of on the grind, go, 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 force, just push hard and make it happen when you can look after your well-being, which brings balance, like literally brings homeostasis to not only your body but your mind and your soul, then you can get a performance better than you could possibly imagine. But I think it comes down to surrendering to that and trusting that process of like I get to let go of control here. I don't have to push myself to the bone. I actually can create the balance um, in in my we- wellness, in my whatever that is, health or taking more rest or whatever. So then, yes, like you said before, sustainability, it's sustainable. I'm taken care of. I'm actually happier. I'm not just um, trying to create whatever I'm trying to create at the sacrifice of myself and my health and my well-being. So, yeah, I think that's really powerful and it starts with that bit of mindset and maybe some emotional regulation around letting go of control. That's a hard thing for people to process. I know a lot of control freaks. I'm actually a reformed control freak. I like to- Same. <laughs> so it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And I think a lot of people go through this, but so many people right now, it's a, it's a, not a new thing, but people are martyrs where they sacrifice everything in their personal happiness, health, well-being, everything for the grind or for being successful or for whatever it may be. Some 
something that's exterior to themselves and they just don't rest. They don't make the time for themselves and they're not living a balanced life. Yeah. And unfortunately, like for anyone that's, that's doing that, like, and I've, and I'm speak from personal experience because I've been there and done that as well. Like you said, reformed control freak, reformed overachiever, over trainer, all of that. This is a bit of a mind read, bit of a mind read, and you're a reformed perfectionist as well. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> I think they, they, they all go in one bucket, yeah. really. I would have never called myself a perfectionist um, at once upon a time, but if I look back now, I'm like totally perfectionist. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're like that, you know, you, you'll find out the hard way. It's funny, at the gym this week, um, there's a few girls training and one just came off a fight on the weekend. Another one's going into the fight this weekend. They're like, I've got to run more. And, and the girl that who just fought came back to the gym. I'm like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Go and <laughs> go and rest. Go and relax. Like, it's so important. If you want to perform your best, you need to recharge your batteries. You can only push so much. And, if, and I'm like telling them, they're young girls. So I'm like, I'm telling them, speak from someone who's got 10 years on you, like, you will wreck your body if you don't do these things now. You've got so much time. So, yeah. I think it's something that everyone, every high achiever has to go through at some point where they physically have to burn themselves out to learn from experience that they have to recharge their batteries, as you said. And that's where there's such a big focus right now in the well-being space where people are practicing yoga, meditation, breath work, all these things to help regulate the nervous system. And I'm so glad that it's finally happening because this stuff has been around for generations, but it's been often ignored with that grind culture that we were talking about. Yeah, I, I really hope it is. And I, I really hope that, you know, you doing things like this and well, the work that I'm doing and everyone else out there that's kind of preaching this balance that people don't have to get to a point of, you know, they're, them nearly losing everything in their health and their wellness and wherever else, their careers, that they can actually start to listen and implement these things earlier so they don't have to go through the same, you know, aches and pains that we have been through before. So I really do, I really do hope. But I think, you know, people that are like that, they're very strong-minded. Mm. So it, it's it's that, again, like I guess what we said, that letting go of control and that surrender and trusting someone else who's kind of walked that path. I think it's important for people to find individuals in their world that have either experienced things that they're looking to experience or obtain results that they're looking to obtain and they can learn from them. I know I have mentors that a lot of them are funnily enough in their 70s and they've lived very colourful lives and I respect them a lot and their insight is great and they all preach the same message that you have to listen to your body and you have to get your priorities straight. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because so, you can push your body so far, but it will break. I know, and I'm sure you've done that before. We've all been there. But I'm curious now yeah. because a lot of some of our listeners will be from the combat sports industry, but a lot aren't. Now, this is a personal question that I always discuss with any combat sports athletes that I meet that are that are attuned with their body and health. How do you, have you ever had a loss? Yeah. How do you deal with a loss mentally? Because I know even with me, my partner says, like, she hates me fighting because if I lose for whatever reason 
and in the past, I am miserable. Like, I, like on reflection from the past, and a lot of fighters I know are like that. We beat ourselves up. We go over every waking moment about what we should have done. And it only lasts 10, 15 minutes for that fight, that it lingers so long. So how do you deal with a loss? Yeah, so my – oh, uh, actually, my last loss. My biggest loss that re- I really struggled with was – it was quite a few years ago now, but that that was really hard for me. It took me a really long time to um, to process. I'm going to say I don't want to say get over, but to really process. And like I said, my journey, my fight journey, has been the biggest personal development course you could ever take. And I always say that competing, and I've said this to many girls, like whether you fight, um, jujitsu, comps, whatever, like. Or anyone really like it is a journey to loving yourself like competing shows you how much you love yourself you know and how much you're willing to love yourself and so for me dealing with a loss now is it requires it has required me and requires me now to call on so much compassion and self-love because it was that part of me that was like expecting you know that high expectation and you should have done this you should have done that I like to call it the inner judge you know that inner judgy (laughs) part of us yeah that's just like literally cracking the whip and we all have an inner judge in us no matter if we're competing at a sport if we're you know just trying to be the best mum in the world if we're hosting a radio show like whatever you know um we've got that inner judge and so I think when you lose it really highlights those shadows inside of you. Like they're going to come up, that inner judge is going to crack the whip and it's beautiful. Like I do a lot of shadow work. I've done a lot of shadow work through myself and a lot of shadow work with my clients and it's so powerful to watch that softening and that self-compassion and on uh, on a, like a fighting level and a competitive level level to watch that like a compassionate heart takes you so much further than having a competitive heart ever will. And that's in the ring as well. That's a really interesting perspective from combat sports because I feel that self-love is not commonly accepted in the combat sports industry, particularly from the definitely like not. most coaches that are of an older generation. Maybe it's becoming a new topic or definitely should in the future. But these are things that are often not discussed. Everything is bigger, stronger, faster, more powerful, high performance, t- mental toughness, resilience. It's such an extreme perspective, but self, self-worth is often attached to that. But self-love is like the missing ingredient. So I'm really glad that you touched on that. Yeah, it really is the missing ingredient. And and that's what I said before about like that kind of the battle between that mental toughness mindset and that deeply compassionate in love with myself kind of mindset. If you can bridge those two, like that's where you find your power because you don't need to win um, or like perform or compete even at a deficit. I think a lot of people out there and this might be very subconscious and maybe very triggering to a lot of people. So, you know, if the trigger comes, that's beautiful because it's a point of awakening for anyone. It's like, are you competing because there's a part of you that feels not enough? And if we look at fighting, you know, a lot of it's like, I want to be powerful. I want to feel powerful. So it's like, well, where do I feel powerless? And am I doing this from a state of, 
I feel so powerless that I'm trying in my external reality to feel powerful, to win. And that's only going to kind of break you down in the end. And I think that's why we say like um, athletes or entrepreneurs at the end of the day, maybe they hit the goal and they're like, well, that just didn't fulfill me the same way that like everything I've been chasing for, like, oh, I haven't changed. There's no different feeling. Like what is what does this even mean? Maybe I'll go on to the next thing and I'll do more and I'll do more and I'll do more and it becomes an addiction. Um, that when it's really syndrome. Totally. When really what's being asked is to look at like, well, why am I doing this? You know, where is this coming from? I think that raises a point of introspection and I think a lot of people should be reflecting on their choices, habits, behaviours, whatever they decide to spend their time doing. A lot of people are mindlessly walking through life just not even really understanding the decisions that they're making and why. Yeah, totally. So you mentioned shadow work. This is a hot topic at the moment and I don't think a lot of people understand it and I, I appreciate that you do it with people and you've done it on yourself. Can you elaborate on it? What is yeah, shadow, shadow work? Shadow work is the ability to, whether you're working with someone, like you said just before, introspection, to go to like those deepest parts of yourself that you don't want to look at. And like if we bring that self-love in again, like love those parts, those parts that we judge, those parts that we don't want to look at. It's the shadows. It's the parts that we don't want to see or that maybe we hide out of fear because um, I'm just going to bring this back to like athletic performance again. Like I have to be the best. I have to win. What will they think of me if I lose? Da, 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 you know, really everything that we think others will judge us and think about us badly is what usually what we are um, judging and thinking about ourselves. It's like universal law. It's a universal law of attraction and reflection. And so it's, there's, there's always a mirror. And so that introspection um, will allow you to see the shadows. If you look at where you're judging another or where you judge yourself, there's your shadow. When you get really angry or triggered, like something happens and you're like, oh my God, I want to just like, you know, your response is a little bit over the top, like a little bit OTT. Triggered. I don't know if you've ever had that experience <laughs> where you're like, wow, I, you know, an hour later you're like, I really overreacted to that situation. Like why did I overreact? Like that's your shadow aspects coming up and they're a gift. They really are a gift. I, I don't know if I want to, this isn't quite the right thing, but making you more of a whole person, not that you aren't whole. Everyone is whole, but it's like we've kind of separated from parts of ourselves and that's why we judge them. And so the shadow work is bringing that part of ourselves back into wholeness, into, you know, if we go the shadow, the light, back into the light, like loving those parts. And so if you can love yourself in a loss or a failure, then you can like you, that's un, that makes you unstoppable because no one that anyone anything or any that anyone says to you can can like kind of get to you anymore because you've resolved it in yourself. So shadow work is again like that compassion. It's a lot of compassion. It's a lot of learning self love. Um, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it 
is very much expressed through our inner child. We all hold um, childhood memories and a lot of our conditioned beliefs were formed in childhood. And if you believe in like other dimensions and past incarnations, you know, all of that stuff comes into it too. But a lot of our emotions and our reactions are often from that childhood part of us. So not all the shadow work, but a lot of the shadow work I do with people is looking at the those kind of OTT reactions and breaking that down. And often we find, you know, there's an inner child inside of us, five years old, 10 years old, that's holding some sort of trauma. And when I say trauma, I don't mean like something really terrible has, you know, happened that is kind of, you know, really like, oh my God, someone should go to jail for that trauma as it might be that, but it could be like, um, you know, my my brother laughed at my painting that I made, you know, and I thought it was the best thing in the world. And now I feel like I can't paint ever again. And I shouldn't, you know, create, I shouldn't um, use my creativity and my self-expression because that is bad. And that uh, doesn't make me fit in or, you know, something along those lines. So, Often it is a lot of inner child work and reconnecting to parts of ourselves that we've hidden, that we've denied, that we've forgotten and that we've lost. Does that make sense? It definitely <laughs> does. And I think it's it's something I've explored a lot with clients over the years in terms of where our limiting beliefs come from. And just yeah. off, like one of the other things that come to mind, I had this client in particular that was obsessed with developing his quads. And I'm like, what's the go, man? And he said, basically, he was fixated that he had skinny legs. And I'm like, where does this come from? And we did a bit of limiting belief work and we backtracked to a time when he was in high school and he identified that someone told him, well, man, you got skinny legs. And he's now in his 30s and he still has that belief and he's squatting 180 kilos, but in the back of his mind, his legs are still small. So it's amazing how these beliefs and it can be brought back to a memory and they often repeated over time. Because uh, I guess there's that confirmation bias where you have a belief and then you look for evidence to continuously back up that belief. Yeah, totally. And it's and it's crazy because in those moments, it's like you literally can't see. You, it's it's that's kind of that body dysmorphia, and I've been through that as a fighter as well. You know, cutting weight and then you know being heavier again the next week and whatnot. Like, yeah, you literally cannot see in the mirror what other people see. It's and, scary. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's scary. Really, it, it, it when is, you think about it, it really, really is scary. And I, and for me personally, like going through that, it wasn't until I was willing to do the shadow work and meet the shadows and see that deficit of like, oh my god, there's a part of me that feels so not good enough, you know, and so ugly and so disgusting, and all the things, you know, all the things that come along with that, and learning to like love that part of myself and. Yeah, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, whatever, like you can step out of that through this kind of work, which is so powerful. You've really touched on the topic of loving yourself, flaws and all, which is something I think everyone needs to go through at some point in their life. It is so liberating because we hold ourselves to be a high expectation at all times and everyone sees the negatives, the weaknesses and things and it is crippling. But acknowledging that we are imperfect and that's okay, and that we are enough, even though we're capable of more, we are enough as we are. I think it's a very empowering thing for people to go through. Yeah, it really is an empowering thing. Like you said, the word too, liberated. Like it's so liberating when you can come to that space. And 
I think a, a lot of people do do think like you kind of touched on, oh, no, but if I love myself, then am I just not content and I'm never going to do anything anymore? Yeah. So from that base, that's when you get to go, oh, more. Like now I want to – now I can go and achieve my goals and, and, you know, whether it is working on my quads or whatever, I can do that from a space of like wholeness and just such a good solid base. Yeah. That I don't need to, but I want to. And I think that comes back even to like what we started talking about before. Like, oh, I have to train. Yeah. Or like, no, I want to train. My body is a freaking amazing tool. I want to keep this thing in the best nick possible so I can live the life that I want to live. Mm. Well, I think there's a few things that you mentioned with mindset. So there's an abundance mindset or a lacking mindset or a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. I think what you've been working towards is all the positive feelings and emotions and mindset states, which I think everyone could learn from. Totally. Yeah. Working towards them without, um, I want to say like with the awareness of the opposite, I think like, because I think there's an interesting little thing that happens too, where we can very much bypass those shadows and just think, it's, I, I like to call it toxic positivity. <laughs> like um, <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to be positive and I just have to do the growth mindset and I just have to – and it can be like that with athletes too. Like if your coach is like, just think positive, just think positive, you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win. But if you've got something deep down that you're like, oh, my God, I'm so scared, like I don't know if I can do this, you know, those sort of things, but you're just kind of – I like to use the analogy of fairy bread like, I don't know if I can swear here, but <laughs> as I say, like imagine you've just got shit on a bread, on like a piece of bread, and then you're just trying to put sprinkles on top. Like it's not gonna work. Yeah, you know. So um, without the positive mentality, but without bypassing like what's really there for you, once you acknowledge and accept and in- embrace those parts of you that are maybe holding that kind of unwanted or negative or lack mindset. That's actually where the transformation happens and you can actually, from a very um, real, true place, not a forced place, come into that space of like a positive mindset. So there's a very mm, interesting balance there between the two that's important. I completely agree and that's why I think a lot of people struggle with affirmations because if they're lying to themselves and they don't believe the words that they're saying, it's simply not going to work because that internal dialogue and that belief setting behind it is not fitting to what they're saying. Yeah, and you actually will make it worse um, because you'll keep seeing things in your reality like I touched on before with the universal laws. Like if you have that underlying belief, that underlying, let's just say, negative, belief their limiting belief but you're just kind of trying to pile it on with affirmations the law of reflection will like bring that and resonance will bring that to you in your life and that's why people get stuck sometimes and they're like why can't I get like I'm doing all the right things I'm saying all the positive affirmations and yet I'm still getting met with this same situation that just sucks like why does this keep happening to me and they think they're doing all the right things and manifesting this great life but it's like, you know, it's not happening for them because that's where that kind of toxic positivities kind of come over and it's like, okay, time to dive deep. You know, let's dive deep into the shadow, see what's there and that's actually when you resolve, that's when, you know, those good things just, they actually do seem true. 
We had a guest on recently that we were talking about men in particular, but being vulnerable and vulnerability, and it's a scary thing to do. And I think with that shadow work, it's very confronting. You're facing your deepest, darkest fears, the things that are lacking within yourself and things that you don't want to talk about. It's a scary experience for people to go through. It is so scary, yeah. And that's why I I have so much... Like with fighting, for example, you know, you look at someone who fights and you're like, wow, they're so strong. And, you know, there's this kind of air of strength and empowerment that gets placed with that. But I always say like the most, the strongest and most empowering things that I see people do is actually be able to be that vulnerable, you know, to let their guard down and share those, those parts of themselves. So I always say when I'm working with my clients, particularly when we go to that space, like my, I'm so honored, you know, that you would share these parts with me and like so proud you know you should be so proud of that it's such a big feat so yeah do you know much about nlp i do know a little bit about nlp yes, yeah yeah i know but not- with a background with life coaching i went through an experience uh probably at the beginning of the year i think which was a breakthrough experience pretty much where they break you down and touching on all the issues that you've been discussing in terms of going back through your timeline traumas everything else as well beliefs guilt shame the works and it was really an extreme experience to share those emotions with a complete stranger and voice them because we do spend most of our lives running away from these unwanted negative states but it was so freeing to go through that experience personally part of um being able to take other people through it we had to go through it ourselves so i think it was a very rewarding experience I think you should definitely look into it. It's touching all, yeah, it's ticking def- all the boxes with the things that you're talking about. Definitely, yeah. I, um, I've done a lot of, not with NLP, but a lot of that work through a lot of the spiritual studies that I've done and we've gone into like a lot of those places. So, yeah, I, I know the liberation that comes out on the other side of, of meeting those things and actually being out of voice. I think Brene Brown says, um like vulnerability, what does she say? Silence, uh, shame breeds in silence. So the more silent you are about the things that you're holding shame or guilt or whatever about, that will only make it bigger. And the moment you start to express it to someone safe, like it actually, it's kind of like it kills the shame. I work with traumatised youth and a lot of the work we do is through rhythmic repetitive movement as opposed to talk-based therapy. But some of the stuff that does come up, it is it was a lot to take home with some of the stories that I was sh- shared with. But for them to be able to voice that with someone, like a safe person, and you're obviously in that position where you you build a relationship and you establish rapport with your clients where they can share their, their concerns and their fears and things, it would be a very strong relationship and connection that you're building with people. Yeah, so strong so strong and yeah it's so powerful for them to be able to do that and i think everyone in this world needs to have a space where they can do that no matter if yeah you're dealing with something super traumatic or you're dealing with just everyday stresses in life like like we all can be especially like this time of year can be really hard for people too at some time so there's something so powerful in having a safe space and I like to, and I'm sure you've um, discovered as well with your work, it's that holding space. It's not needing to fix them or change them or sometimes even coach and guide them through it, but there's something so powerful in just letting someone just be in their emotion. And I think as a society, 
we're really not good at that. And that's where we tend to see a lot of people trying to fix um, or soften the blow of what people have been through when sometimes all people need is just to be like acknowledged and validated in the pain that they're in. And that's enough to transform it. I think that's such a important point because a lot of people are try they're very quick to provide solutions to problems or experiences that people have gone through, but they're not holding space, as you mentioned. They're not validating that person's experience or their feelings or their emotions. And that's an important part of the healing process. Totally. And that's where you can and that's when you can move forward into maybe some affirmation work or whatever is that next step. But without doing that first, like acknowledging and validating, like it's pretty hard to actually truly move forward in a very, like a deep way, you know, a way that's fully resolved. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's a really powerful point. And anyone who's listening, like, and we've all done it, like I used to do it too all the time, when someone will tell you something, a problem that they're having, and you, you're so quick to want to fix, you know, and help and offer solution and provide feedback. But something that's so much more powerful is just to be like, wow, yeah, like that must be really hard or I understand or I don't understand, like, but I'm here for you. You know, like it's, it really is transformational for people. Well, it's a good experience. I'm glad that you're providing people with this, uh, this experience and being that support and that emotional support in particular, because even when we've gone off topic a bit, but with fitness, it's such an emotional journey. So many people have shame attached to the way that they look and the way that they perform and the way that they feel. And there's so much around their disordered eating and just lack of exercise and things, but you're dealing with emotional issues, which is the real root cause of the problem in the first place. A hundred percent. And that's why I've taken this road. Like I said, I started as a personal trainer and I was like, mm, this isn't quite enough. Let me get into the mindset stuff. I've studied heavily with the Czech Institute, which is all about integrative, holistic health, like looking at things at a whole. And I, I'm one of them people that are like, oh, I'm interested. Like, let me understand the why. So I've always been like a bit of an investigator and it's actually- Very curious, I imagine. Very curious, very curious, which I love, but it's- fascinating watching people uh, you know working with people specifically before I was even you know when I was newer into this holistic world trying to help people with their posture and and hit you know their personal bests and help them in these ways and I'm like man we're doing everything right and nothing's changing mm. and then the moment we start talking you know opening up that emotional pathway maybe they've come to me you know a bit stressed out they've had a fight with their partner or whatever and the session turns into, okay, let's have a stretch and a chat. And like their whole demeanor changes, their postural issues that we've been working on for months fixed in like a chat, you know, and then and allowed to kind of release of whatever was being held there. And then the next session's on from that once they're dealing with those sort of things powerfully in their external world then they can bring that back into the gym and, you know, hit their personal best or whatever it is that they're working on. So, yeah, one thing I, I love, like Paul Check always said, is like people don't just come to the gym with their physical body, like, yeah, okay, let's work out. They come to the gym to work out, uh, to train at their sport, whatever, with their entire life with them. They don't leave that at the door. That comes in the door with them. And I think as fitness professionals, it's really important for us to be aware of that and realize that 
physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that's all connected in. And if you want your clients or your athletes or whatever to, to perform the best, to be the best that they can be, then they need to be looking after all of those areas and there needs to be an awareness around the totality of a human being. You are so correct. I know when I first started in the industry 18 years ago as a personal trainer and combat sports coach, I was pretty much a counsellor for most of my clients. I knew about their family situations. Yeah. I knew about their work situations, their fears, everything else, their wants, their desires, the works. And you'd, you'd have these really in-depth conversations where you were that point of contact for them, had a pretty much an unbiased opinion looking from the outside in that could give them advice. And you'd share these things, which led me to obviously studying life coaching and various other elements as well. I'm very curious like yourself. I just wanted to be able to solve as many problems as possible. So I look at sleep, I look at stress management strategies, we look at everything. So I think we're definitely going to have to have you back on the show again because I think we've got a lot to talk about. I would about. love to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell me, Could what is holistic health? I know, it's good, isn't it? So what is holistic health? What would you define it as? It's, it's what we just talked about. It's integrating all of it. So like you said, sleep, um, stress management, mindset, what am I putting in my body? What am I fueling my body with? Like, how are my relationships? What are my dreams and goals and desires? Am I working out too little? Am I working out too much? It is that culmination of your whole life, your spirit, your soul, and like the, like the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aren't separate. They're all together. And so that's holistic. Looking at it from, I guess, like a bird's eye view, like you're looking at the totality of someone and what they want to achieve and taking into all considerations and integrating everything into that goal. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered that very well, but, yeah. No, I think you answered it, it perfectly well. <laughs> Funnily enough, I, I often have this discussion where the fitness industry is pretty much setting people up for failure. And I think fitness is I, one I important aspect, but they have these ridiculously intense, high-volume training programs which are completely unsustainable and they put people in a ridiculously low calorie deficit which means they will rebel eventually and eat everything they can find and you don't want to be fit for 30 days and have your best body for one day unless you're a bodybuilder and you want to take lots of photos but at the end of the day you want to be fit for life so you need a sustainable approach and you have to look at all these areas of your life like your emotional well-being your sleep all the things that you touched on it's so important and most people in the fitness industry overlook these aspects. They don't even acknowledge them. It's just they say that the client's just not following the program or they're just mm. not being committed and they're indulging too much in snacks or whatever it may be. They're not looking at all these overlapping areas. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And a lot of those things, I tell you, they've boiled my blood before too. Yeah. Especially the more you learn about this stuff. Like, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, as a – as People, anyone who wants to go to the gym, who wants to look to start a fitness program, like it starts there, this isn't a quick fix. You know, get out of that quick fix mentality. This, you're here for the long game. Um, it's like learning to love your body. Like your body is your vehicle to live life. So it's like switching that mindset. And like I'm going to do my the best of my ability and learn how to educate myself and look after myself to the best of my ability so I can live my best life because that's what I want and desire. So it's not, yeah, like eight-week challenge, I'm going to eat nothing for eight weeks and then go backwards, which is so damaging, the by the way. The yo-yo effect. Like, yeah, the yo-yo effect. Like 
long term, you know, maybe might, right now you might be like, yeah, yeah, I feel good for five minutes. But fast forward 10, 15 years, like you're going to have a really friggin' hard time losing weight and like probably a bunch of other health issues that will come out of that. So like don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. I had this discussion with someone recently where I said, you didn't magically wake up today looking the way you do. Like if you're overweight, anyone out there that's overweight or not happy with their health or anything, you didn't just magically wake up today in the position you're in now. It took time. It was a culmination of your choices, habits, and behaviors over an extended period of time on the daily basis. You can't expect to change all that within 30 days to keep it anyway. Um, you have to be in it for the long haul and you want to be fit for life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's when people can really get that in their heads like that, that's powerful change right there because that's, you know, that's where it starts. I think I find a lot of people also that have a bit of an um, all or nothing mindset. I'm guilty of that in the and past. Yeah, I, yeah, we've all been. And I, I've worked with a lot of clients specifically this year that have been like, oh, I'm so frustrated, like I'm all or and I'm nothing. And so we just switched it like the word, the wording around it, literally, because again, we were talking about self-fulfilling prophecy, like, oh, all or nothing, all or nothing, all or nothing. And so you're just kind of wiring that deeper into who you are. And so we just switched it and we say like, what if we're an all and everything? Ooh, what if I we like get that. it all and get to have everything? Like it's not constrictive and then it makes health not constrictive. It makes your life Choice is not constrictive. It's so expanding and it feels good in your body and it gives you so much room to play. So, yeah, so anyone who wants to, who's an all or nothing person or a quick fix person, like all and everything, just start saying that to yourself. Like, I absolutely ah, love that. I love that. Yeah. That, is, that is really transformational. I feel a lot of people would benefit from that. It's amazing how many people turn around and say they are all or nothing or it gets pointed out to them in their behaviours. And I've been guilty of that. Someone said that I used to build sandcastles and knock them down all the time. And I think with the holiday period as well, I had this discussion where I said, you need to start, if you want to get fit, don't wait for January 1st. Make some changes yeah. now because holidays are going to happen. Life's going to throw curveballs at you. There are going to be busy periods. There are going to be times that you don't feel like going to the gym and there's a lot of recreational activities coming up or social gatherings. You need to be able to navigate your way through that for long-term success. So why not start in December and take action totally. and move forward? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really powerful as well because – yeah, so many people do. And how many times, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Oh, I'll wait. Oh, on Monday. Yeah, yeah the magic Monday. Monday. <laughs> the magic Monday. Did you know that Monday's more anabolic than any other day? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yes, absolutely. They would be, 100%. So, you know, it's like that's – it's a switch in the mindset. Um, people too, like, yeah, start now. And it doesn't that doesn't mean you have to go all or nothing and change your entire life. Like simple little things get to bed on time, you know, get off the phone, like get off social media a little bit earlier, simple little things, drink a little bit more water. Like I, I said, I put up a post the other day, like the top five tips to kind of get and make through a healthy holiday season. And one of them was that like drink water because then you're going to be hydrated for one, flushing out any toxins that you choose to indulge into, and then you're actually going to not be likely to reach for sodas and all of these sort of things because you're satiated enough on water. So that was like one tip that I was like, you know, how simple is that? Solid really? advice and it's anyone free. can do it at any moment. Yeah. 
Well, I think that yeah. goes with the all and anything. Is as you said, let's say you touched on drinking water to flush out toxins. It's a holiday period. People are going to indulge and have a few drinks. If they choose to, they might not. But that doesn't mean they spend the next day not drinking any water, eating the large pizza, not going to the gym or anything else. Get your steps in, go to the gym, enjoy time with friends and family, watch Netflix if you want, but have some water. It's the all and everything concept. Exactly. Yep. And book, book a walk with a friend, you know, like catch up with a friend and go for a walk. Play, I mean, we used to, I'm not with my family this year, but like we used to always play like a cricket game, whether you suck at it or not, you know, at least everyone's up and they're active and yeah, everyone's still like drinking and having champagne breakfasts and whatnot, but that you can have all in everything. Balance. Absolutely love that. And it comes with integration as well between those two often considered to be mutually exclusive parts. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, like I'm fit or I'm not. I'm healthy or I'm not. Doesn't work like that. Extremists get things done in the short term, but they very rarely keep the results. Yeah, yeah. Or they, yeah, like they just burn out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then start again. Yeah. Yeah. So something you mentioned earlier was about spirituality. So I'm curious, how does that connect with mindset in the modern world? Oh, this is a good question. So, um. I believe that, you know, we are spiritual beings in in a human body and it comes from it comes from that kind of spiritual place first. You know, the mindset's kind of how we interpret. It's the thoughts and it's the beliefs and it's the part you know, the past things that we've been through and the condition conditions that we've had and you know like you said your client that's like, "Oh, my legs are skinny. Someone told me that." And so now I'm like got this mental loop of you know, the um, the skinny legs or whatever, but it's come from an energetic, like what we're holding in our energetic field first. And so like I said with the body dysmorphia stuff that I went through, it was really looking at like there's this energy that I'm holding and I guess it's like a belief but not even just coming from the mind. Like this could have come from, yeah, like – childhood past lifetimes you know you can you can get right really the out there and get right into it you can definitely get into the rabbit hole but it's this this kind of energy that i was holding of like lack inside of who i was not good enough and so if we look at like spirituality and if we're spiritual beings and whether you believe in like god source the universe like whatever word you want to use great spirit like we we're on this earth um, and this earth, the, the earth that we're in, like we're in a very polarized place. Like it's a place of duality. So there is good and bad, you know, there is um, lack mentality, abundance mentality. Like we have, we have those, those, both of those uh, sides, right. And we constantly get pulled, pulled, pulled. And so the spirituality piece is coming back to the center, coming back to the truth, realizing that we're not separate from that thing, whatever that thing is, that spirit, that higher self, the God, the source, the universe, whatever you want to call that higher power, it doesn't matter what you name it. It's you are it and it is you. And it's the spirituality is coming back to that truth. And your body is your vehicle for that spirit, you know, which is a pretty cool thing to think about, you know, like 
for me I'm like wow I'm this spiritual being that's like connected to everything and um limitless like literally limitless possibility and potential here like I'm just a buzz of potential um completely unconditionally loved and accepted all the time when you can tune into that and then be like that is inside of my physical body and now my physical body gets to be like fueled by that and act from that and create from that like into form into form the, it's bringing the unseen into reality i guess is that that's the act of manifestation so yeah spiritual spirituality is a a very deep esoteric conversation which i love and i think personally <laughs> like it's it's something that you experience you know it's that presence Sometimes those moments when you're just maybe sitting there sipping a cup of tea and you're like so present and so peaceful I think and having, feeling, yeah, you go. Having an element of spirituality in your life, it, it gives you that connection to being a part of something and it's something more than just yourself because there's so many stages in life, particularly when you're in a dark stage where you do feel isolated and alone and there's a lot of people out there that are they don't really have very good support networks. So having that belief in a higher power is extremely empowering. Yeah, very, very, very much so. And it can be tough to start with and to get to because I think, yeah, it's like I, I can't, but I can't see it. And that's part of the power because it's the the faith in something. And with religion and, um, you know, there's a lot of dogma, even new age spirituality, there's a lot of like, oh, well, you have to have a crystal or you have to sit this way or you have to do this thing and then you're spiritual and, like, that's all bullshit. Like, <laughs> your, this, your life is a spiritual life. Spirituality is you. It's who you are. It's how you act, you know. It's not – it's got nothing to do with what you do, who you go see, how you – yeah, how you sit, if you pray, if you don't, what what you even kind of believe in in, in that way and – I guess it ties into our, our greater, deeper value system as well. Like th there's a lot there, but, um, yeah, really it's that connection piece, I believe. Absolutely love that. Now, Christy, we have run out of time. I really enjoyed our conversation and I have a feeling so I'm going to have to have you back again because there's a lot more for us to talk about. We mostly spoke about mindset. We did touch on spirituality, a little bit about performance, but there's a lot more that we can talk about. So I'd love to have you back again in the future. I'd love to come back. Fantastic, Christy. Well, for everyone, how can they find you? How can they look you up if they want to hear more about you? Yeah, um, I'm fairly active on Instagram. It's Christy Renee Obst, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Everyone messes that one up. But if you get that right and you get the OBS part right, you'll pretty much find me because I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the world with that name, which is pretty damn cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm on Instagram at I am dot Christy Renee. You can jump on my website, send me an email, find me on Facebook. Like I'm, I'm a real human being. I love to chat to people. So yeah, reach out. Perfect. Thank you very much, Christy. Take care and I'll chat to you soon. Thank you, Rowan. See ya. Yes. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Matt Joe Gow, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam. Tune in. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. Oi. 
IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker.